Welcome to the teaching ministry of Pastor Marcus and Melina De La Cruz. We hope that you'll be blessed by today's message. I want to talk about, Lord, put it on my heart. We've been ministering on, you know, Pastor Nancy, when she came and ministered, she talked about your harvest. <clears throat> and she said, some people say, where's their harvest? Then she started talking about love yeah. and staying out of strife. And if you haven't heard those messages, I don't know if they're posted, but you can go back and listen. I think it's called, where's my harvest? something like that. Um, and we taught about love. And the Lord put it on my heart. I've been um, meditating on peace for the past few weeks and um, a week or so. I don't know how long, but just he's been really dealing with me about protecting my peace and responding to things in peace. And, um, and so uh, tonight we're going to talk about, you know, when you're in love, then your faith works. Well, then you can have your, your harvest can come because the Bible says faith works by love. Well, when you're in peace, then your faith works. Yeah. Yeah. If you're not in peace, then you're not in love. You're not in joy and you're out of faith. And we have to stay in a position of receiving, right? Because how many of you are believing God for some things? Yeah, we're all believing God for some things, right? But if you get out of peace, you get out of that place of receiving. Amen. Amen. Yes. You can walk in love, you know, and then get out of peace because worry comes. And worry comes to take us out of that position of receiving. Yeah. Praise the Lord. And um, we live in a world where worry is the flow of this world you know if you work with people every time somebody's sick they're talking about it what are they doing they're worrying oh, so and so got that i hope i don't get it or they're talking about the economy they're talking about the prices inflation what are they doing they're in worry they're in worry right um and so we're going to talk about that tonight because we have much receiving to do and we must stay in a position of faith. And um, worry takes us out of that position of faith. You can't have worry and faith together. They don't mix. And so we have to recognize, sometimes we don't even, you know, I grew up with, um, you know, people in my family who were uh, master worriers, you know. And you can grow up with that habit um, you go to bed at night, you're thinking about a situation. How's it going to work? How's, how's this going to happen? Or I hope this doesn't happen this way. And you start thinking of this, you know, this future thing that hasn't even happened yet. But in your mind, it's all played out. Yeah. This is what's going to happen. I'm going to have this conversation. They're going to come to me, you know. And what are you doing? You're worrying about something that hasn't even happened yet. You're worrying about, usually when we worry, it's about the future. Usually when we worry, it's about the future, yeah. something that hasn't even happened yet. And the devil starts sending thoughts. It's going to happen this way or it's never going to happen. You've been believing God for this. How long is it going to take? And he starts to get us in um, a place of questioning. How long is it going to take? When is it going to happen? What if this happens? That's you're worrying about the future. And he gets us out of faith. And then we get out of that position of receiving. Yeah. And we have to stay in a place of faith. And to do that, we have to refuse worry. Amen? Faith never worries. Amen. Say, faith never worries. Worry takes us out of position to receive. So when worry comes, we have to rebuke it and stay in faith. If we aren't in peace, you can't be in peace and worry. You're either one, one or the other. Every time we get out of peace, we've gotten out of the position of faith. Every time. You could be driving. You could be in line at the, your local grocery store. Right? You could be trying to return that gift in the long line and they're taking and you get you're getting impatient 
Ah, it's taking so long. You're getting out of a place of peace. You're getting out of a place of receiving. And that's the flow of the world. Then you go back. Now, 20 years ago, they didn't have... Um, uh, what is that called? Live TV? What do they call that? Streaming. No. Reality. Thank you. Reality shows. You know, 20 years ago when I was growing up, they didn't have a reality show. They had, you know... Now you see reality shows and you see many people in strife. They're bickering. They're losing their peace. So now, and then you see it on social media, people losing their peace, making comments. What's happening? It's a, it's a, it's a flow of the world. It's also a flow of hell. Because worry really comes from a place of fear. Worry comes from a place of fear and not trusting that God will come through. And so we don't trust God to come through, so we get into a place of worry. We start trying to handle things on our own. Um, We can make comments. You know, we just lose our peace. And God wants us to value our peace. He wants us to protect our peace. He wants us to stay in a place of peace so that we can receive from God. Amen. Um, Worry is a sin. Many people don't think of worry as a sin, but it is a sin. And when, when Jesus said, take no thought for your life, he's giving us a command. Don't worry about your life. Don't worry about it. Take no thought, not even one little thought about your life. And worry is not an option for the believer. It's not part of our... Um, new creature. It's not part of who we are anymore. It may have been part of the old man. The old you may be worried all the time. But that old you is dead. Now you're alive to Christ. Now you're alive in Him. Now you've got His power working on your behalf. Now you're, you're in Christ. He's in you. You're in Him. And He's working for you. And you can put things into His hands. Protect your peace and keep worry out of your life Amen. so that you can stay in a place of peace. Amen. Amen. So you don't have to go to bed worried about the future. You don't have to worry about what's going to happen. Um, worry comes to break you down. It comes to break you down. To break down your mind. It'll break down your mind. It'll break down your body. It'll break down your strength. It'll move you into the emotional arena where you yield to emotions. You can yield to depression, sadness. You can yield to grief. Grief is not just for those who have, um, doesn't just come to those who have lost a loved one. It can come to those who have lost hope. We don't lose hope. River Church, we don't lose hope here. I don't care what the enemy throws our way. We don't lose hope. We stand fast on the word. The word is our foundation. We don't lose hope. We hold fast to the word. I cling to the word. It's my life. It brings everything to pass. And me staying in faith, you staying in faith, means that worry has no place in this church. We're not going to worry about money. We're not going to worry about the building. We're not going to worry about our families, about our kids. We're going to do the word. We're not going to worry. Amen. Because God said not to worry. How do you know if you're worrying? You're thinking about it. You're thinking about it. And it's coming to break you down and to get you out of a position of receiving. Amen. How does it come? It comes through thoughts. It comes through storms. Storms can come. And they can go. The winds can blow. The waves can fill your your boat. But you forgot who's in your boat. Jesus is in your boat, right? When the storm came, the disciples were in the boat. Jesus was there, right there with them. But they forgot. They forgot that the master, the son of God, the son of God was with them. The miracle worker. That storm meant nothing to him. He was asleep. His head on a pillow. He wasn't worried at all. But the disciples, what did they do? They looked at the waves. 
They looked at the water filling their boat. As believers, we can look at the storm. The enemy throws our way. Uh, life, you know, things happen. And we look at the storm and we go, oh my gosh. We look at the report. We look at our checkbook. We look at our kids. Um, we look at where things are, where we wish they were. Why aren't they there yet? We're getting our eyes off of Jesus onto the storm. And when we look at the storm, when Peter walked on the water, he was doing great until he looked at the storm. And then he sunk. Then he sunk. But when the disciples were in that boat, they came to Jesus and they said, don't you care? Of course he cared. He's in the boat. But he didn't take the care. He didn't take the care. Why? Because at the beginning, when they got in the boat, what did he say? We're going to the other side. River Church, I'm here to tell you tonight. <laughs> You're going to the other side. Whatever you've been facing, whatever storm the enemy has thrown your way, you're going to the other side. But you have to remember, I'm keeping my eyes on Jesus. I'm keeping my eyes on what the Word says. My focus is on the Word. My focus is not on any storm. Because storms come and storms go. And whether there's a storm or the absence of one or the presence of one, that doesn't determine my peace level. If you are moved by every storm, then you're living just like the rest of the world. You're living as if you have no Savior. Because that storm has moved you. Caused you to get into a place of worry. Caused you to question, where are you, God? Anytime you get into questioning God, you've gotten out of faith. We don't question God. We stand on His Word. We know He always comes through. We know He's in our boat. And He's getting us to the other side. Amen. Why? He's a miracle worker. He's the way maker. Nothing's too hard for him. That storm that you're in, you know, you can dance in the storm, praise in the storm, shout in the storm, confess the word in the storm. Come on. The Bible says that the man who built his house upon the rock, the storms came, but it did not move him. It, but the one who built his house on sandy land. See, if you're building your life on emotions, if you're building your life on how you feel, what's happening, circumstances, you're going to sink. Your house is going to fall. But not us. Say not us. Why? Because we're building this house. We're building our own personal families, our lives on Jesus, on the rock, on what did he say to do. Whatever. It's not just, well, yeah, I believe Jesus. No, it's what did he say to do? He said, you cast those thoughts down when they come. He said, don't you be anxious for anything. Right. Amen. Amen. Let's open our Bibles tonight to uh, Philippians 4, verse 6. Praise the Lord. So I'm keeping my eyes on Jesus. Amen. Because we're going to the other side. You'll always get to the other side. You'll always get to the other side. If you'll stay in that position of peace. Don't let the enemy rob you of peace. Amen. Peace is a guard over your life. It's a guard. Praise the Lord. Um, Philippians 4, 6 says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. The Amplified says this, Do not fret. Do not fret. You could say worry. Or have any anxiety about anything. Now, if you have your Bible there, you can put, what is your anything? Do not fret or have any anxiety about my body. Yeah. Do not fret or have any anxiety about my kids. Yeah. You could put their name right there. Do not fret or have any anxiety about Bobby. I will not fret or have any anxiety about him. Do not fret or have any anxiety about money. I am not going to have any anxiety about money. Amen. God's my caretaker. God's my provider. He's my source. He's taking care of me. You've got to say it to yourself. You've got to answer those thoughts when they come. It says, oh, you spent all your money. You don't know how you're going to pay the bills. No, God is my source. I have more than enough. He supplies every need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. You answer that and you say, hallelujah. Thank you, Father. God is my provider. He meets every need. Hallelujah. I have more than enough so I can be a blessing to others. Hallelujah. I'm blessed coming in and blessed going out. We're the head and not the tail, above only and not beneath. I refuse to fret or worry about anything. 
How about your family? Do not fret or have any anxiety about my family. This is a command. This is a command. Just like the Lord says, you know, love the Lord your God with all your heart. Love your neighbor as yourself. Those are commands. This is a command. So if we do anything, if we get out of peace and into worry, we're in sin. And it'll, it'll wear down your mind. It'll wear down your body. Many, many people, um, many illnesses come from stress. What's stress? Worry. They're worried. When you get stressed... When you get overwhelmed, when you act on that and respond to it, you've, you've trained yourself. You've trained yourself to respond in a worrisome way. You know? If you act overwhelmed, oh my gosh, how am I going to do that? Okay, you've, you're training yourself now. You've stepped into the flow of how, this is how the world responds. Instead of, you know what, I know exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to go to the Lord. He knows exactly what to do. And he'll show me what to do. He'll give me the wisdom and the clarity I need. Because he has all the answers. Thank God I'm not by myself. Hallelujah. I refuse to fret or have any anxiety about my family. Amen. So tonight I'm going to focus on the family. Because I know that you guys all have people you're believing God for. You have family members. Maybe you're believing God for healing, for deliverance, to be born again. To walk with the Lord. And he says right here, don't fret or have any anxiety about, boom, put their name right there. No more worrying about them. No more anxiety about them. Amen. Why? Because pressure's going to come. Pressure will come. And it's up to us to push back on it with the word. Because if you allow the pressure to come and you don't respond back, it's going to push you down. It's going to get you discouraged about your family. It's going to get you out of faith. It's going to get you into worry. You'll be going to bed at night thinking about your family. You're going to be talking about your family. You know, when, you, when you're no longer worried about your family members, you'll stop talking about them in a negative light. Amen. Because... There's always going to be, you're, see, you're going to, we're all going to be faced with circumstances. Circumstances come to change what we believe about our family members. That's, what, that's why they come. The enemy wants to discourage you. He wants to get you into worry about your family members. I'm talking about family members tonight because these are the people that we love dearly. And sometimes we can be, well, you know, and I've heard people say this to me before, yeah, but that's my daughter. I'm supposed to worry about them. That's my family member. I love them so much. And the people that we love the most, that we see often, maybe we, or we don't see either way, but sometimes you can see them and you see all the circumstances they're facing. You see what they're going through. It's so easy to pick up a care. So easy to pick it up. Why? Because you're, you're interacting with them all the time. You're dealing with stuff. And we have to refuse worry worrying about our family members why it's stealing your peace and it's preventing God from working now God's power is flowing to them it's flowing to them and for them always but our but when we get in a place of worry it hinders that power from from reaching them because we've taken them out of God's hands and we, we're trying to make it work so do not fret or have any anxiety about, you put that family member's name right there. No worrying about them anymore. Amen. Let's open our Bibles to Acts chapter uh, 16. And I want to read this verse to you. Acts 16 verse 31. If you're believing God for family members to be born again, the Bible says that the God of this world, lowercase g, that's the devil. You know, the devil's the God of this world. Can you find that scripture for me? The, the devil's the God of this world. The God of this world, lowercase g. I want to give you guys the scripture reference so you know. Because many people think, why are all these bad things happening in this world? Isn't God, you know, can't God do something? When Adam sinned, he gave... 
his authority that God gave him to the devil. So the devil has authority over this world. That's why bad things happen. He's the Bible call, he's the ruler of this world. Is it first John? Second Corinthians four. Let's look at that really quick. Let's go and we'll come back to um, Acts. Second Corinthians four four. Now you're believing God for loved ones to be born again. Don't be surprised um, at how they're living. You know, they're not a Christian. They could be cussing. They could be drinking. They could be, you know, hanging with the wrong people. There's no surprise there. Why? Because they live in this world. Uh, 2 Corinthians 4, 4 says this. In whom the God of this world, notice that's a lowercase g. It's talking about the devil. The God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not. The Amplified says, the God of this world has blinded the unbelievers' minds that they should not discern the truth, preventing them from seeing the illuminating light of the gospel of the glory of Christ the Messiah. So the devil, the God of this world, is blinding their minds so that they can't see clearly. So when I pray for a family member or anyone who is not born again or who has backslid, devil... You take your hands off of their mind because the devil is blinding their minds from seeing the truth. That's what it says right here, right? The God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not, that they should not discern the truth. What's the truth, Jesus? He's the way, the truth, and the life. So when Pastor Marcus and I over the years have prayed for uh, people to be born again, you know, devil, you take your hands off of their mind in Jesus' name. That's the first thing we pray. Why? Because he has blinded their minds. So if you have a, an unsaved relative, realize they're not seen clearly because the enemy has blinded their minds. But that's something that you can tell the devil. You take your hands off their minds in Jesus' name. And we pray the Ephesians prayers. We thank you, Father, that their eyes be open, that they may see. Their eyes be open. Their eyes be open. Amen. Then we pray for labors. Lord, we thank you that you send labors. Sometimes family members aren't the best people to tell their own family members about Jesus because they may not receive from you, but maybe they'll receive from somebody else. So Pastor Marcus and I always pray, Lord, send the laborers to preach the word of salvation and the word of deliverance to them so that they can be born again and come into the kingdom of God. Amen. Let them, Father God, see their need for a pastor. So they can be planted in a good church in Jesus. Anyway, their whole lives will change, right? But I wanted you to see that it's the devil, lowercase g, God of this world, that blinds people's minds so that they can't see clearly. How many things changed in your life once you got born again? Thank you. Like your thinking started straightening out, right? All of a sudden, the things you believed before, you didn't believe anymore. Why? What happened? You received Jesus. Now you can see clearly what the truth is. Before, you were blinded. You see, see they, you think it was your own thinking. It wasn't your own thinking. You were blinded by the enemy. You were blinded by the devil. So, he, so to keep you, to keep you from receiving Jesus, that was his sole goal, is to keep you in his kingdom. But praise the Lord. Amen. You came out of that kingdom, into, out of the kingdom of darkness, into the kingdom of light. Yeah. And all of a sudden, things became clear. What happened? The God of this world, he no longer had control over you because you were transferred out of the darkness into the light. Amen? Now, Acts chapter 16, verse 31. Let's go back to that, to that scripture. This is uh, Paul and Silas. They had just uh, praised God for deliverance. They were coming out of the jail. All the prison doors opened. The jailer sees all the prison doors open, thinking that the, all the prisoners are going to be free. He's getting ready to kill himself. Why? Because he's responsible. So he takes out his sword. He's getting ready to fall on his sword, you know, and die. And Paul and Silas said, no, 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 wait, wait. Everybody's still here. And then he said, what must I do? And in Acts 16, 38... Paul and Silas, they said to him, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved, you and your household. 
Hallelujah. The Amplified, I love what the Amplified says. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Give yourself up to him. Take yourself out of your own keeping and entrust yourself into his keeping. Isn't that what we do when we cast our cares on the Lord? This is supposed to be a lifestyle. When you believe on the Lord Jesus, when he becomes your Lord and Savior, you take yourself out of your own keeping and you entrust your life to his. That's what it means to be born again. Well, that ought to continue as we're believing God for family members or you're believing God for finances or your health or whatever you're believing. I'm talking about family members, but you can put anything there. That we're taking that situation out of our own hands and we're putting it into God's hands. How do we do that? We say it. Lord, I'm not going to worry about this situation. I'm not going to worry about this person anymore. This, uh, my money, my body. Lord, I put this right now into your hands. I entrust it to your keeping. I thank you, Father, that I cast the care of it over on you. You're taking care of it. Hallelujah. I thank you, Father, for it. Now, from here on out, I just praise you that it's done. I praise you, Father, that you're taking care of me and my family. I don't have to worry about them anymore, for you're taking care of them. See, when you do that, you get back into that position of faith, and your faith starts working, and the power of God starts moving, and now they're in God's hands, and he can take care of them. But if you don't give it over to him, you're trying to hold on to the situation. You're trying to figure out how it's all going to work. You're trying to do things in the natural, and it, it just never pans out right but it says um, and you will be saved and this applies both to you and your household so if you're born again here's a promise for you your whole household has to become born again this is scripture pastor marks and i have stood on many times when believing god for family members lord you said if we would believe on the lord we would be saved and our household and our household they're all coming into the kingdom of god we thank you father for it and we and we we just praise him that it's already done and we don't get into worry when things look like they're getting worse we don't get into fear when they look like they're going the opposite way we just praise god that it's already done nope the power of god's working hallelujah we believe on the lord we're saved us and our whole household Lord, Father, we entrust ourselves to you. You're taking care of this. We refuse to fear, worry, or doubt. So you have to refuse worry. Refuse it. Don't allow it to come in. And when the devil comes back the next day and he goes, well, what about that? No, 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 too late. I already gave it to the Lord. That's not even mine. You're talking to the wrong person, devil. You can go talk to Jesus about that because he's taking care of it for me. Hallelujah. You start praising. Thank you, Father. But see, it's a skill. It's a skill to keep your peace. It's a skill to stay in peace. It's a skill to practice peace. It's one thing to say it. Are you practicing it daily? Right? When the little situations come. The Bible says it's the little foxes that spoil the vine. So for, for me this year, the Lord's just, I want you to practice peace. Practice responding in peace, practice staying in peace. For me to stay in peace, what I have to do? Feed on peace scriptures. The Bible says, I'll keep you in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on me. That's in Isaiah. I think that's 26.3. I'll keep you in perfect peace. If you want perfect peace, you keep your mind on him. Not on the situation, not on the circumstances. But I'm keeping my mind on Jesus, on what does the word say about this? Amen. And then I turn. That's another way to keep my mind on him. I turn to him and I praise him. If you knew what was on the other side of your praise, you'd praise him more. If you knew what was on the other side of your praise, you'd praise him louder. You'd praise him in the morning. You'd praise him in the afternoon. You'd praise him when you go to bed. If you knew, you see, your victory is connected to your praise. It's, your peace is connected to your praise. Amen. Living a worry-free life, it's connected to praising God and worshiping Him. Amen. It's not something that you can do in your own strength. Amen. Why? Because when you're putting your attention on God and you start to praise Him, you're magnifying Him he, that He's so much bigger, 
that he's so much greater than that storm that you may be going through, that he's so much bigger and so much greater than that thing that that family member is dealing with. God is so much bigger. He is the way maker. His power is working. And I'm going to stay in faith. I refuse to be moved. We have to be like Paul. None of these things move me. If I'm not moved, let me put it this way. If I'm moved, if a person gets moved, you'll know they're moved. They start complaining. They start whining. They look sad. They look depressed. They're, they're uh, moody, touchy. What is that? They're being moved. Right? Amen. But when you're not moved, you're the same all the time. You stay the same. I'm staying in faith. I'm staying in love. I'm staying in joy. Just like we draw out joy and start to praise God, draw out the peace of God. Just, mm, I'm staying in peace. I'm going to keep my peace. That means I may have to keep my mouth. I may have to put a smile on. No, I'm staying in peace. I refuse to be down. I refuse to have down days. There are no down days for the believer. Amen? No down days. Even when you come, you could have tears come down your eyes. Uh-uh, I refuse to be moved. You still, like, you know, it's the same as, you know, I've told you before, there have been times, it's been years, but when I would get sick and I would, you know, coming up, and I'm just speaking the word. Nope, by his stripes I am healed. What am I, I doing? I'm still holding fast to the word right in the middle of the storm. Well, it's the same way when you're going through something um, and there's a situation and you feel like you want to cry. No, I refuse to get moved by this. Tears could be coming down your face. You could have, but it's all right, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. You always see me through. What am I doing? I'm responding in faith. I'm protecting my faith by protecting my peace. I'm protecting my faith by protecting my peace. Because I know when I get out of peace, I get out of faith. If I'm getting out of peace, I, I enter into worry. I'm not where I'm supposed to be. I'm not in the position to receive that I need to be in. Amen? So I'm staying in faith. Because there's a lot of miracles. A lot of things we're believing God for. And i got to stay in faith. So I know now I'm going to stay in love. And I'm going to stay in peace. I'm going I'm to protect my peace. I'm going to guard. I'm going to guard that that, fr- that fruit of the Spirit, that peace, it's a force. It's not just, oh, peace, you know, peace, hey, peace, you know, hippie, peace. No, it's like, it's a force that will guard your life and guard your heart. And you can't afford to allow thoughts to come in. Because they come in. They will try and come in. And steal your peace. About money. About your kids. About your job about your body no i'm not going there with you gotta you gotta you have to know yourself well enough i'm not going there i'm not going there with my mind you have to make your mind not go places because if you don't it'll be like a dog and it'll just take off here and take off there and and it will drag you all over the place like it like a uh, unruly dog on a leash and you're just like going after it and once you open the door to one thought of worry we all know the next thing that happens then comes another thought then comes another thought next thing you know you're worried about money you're worried about your kids you're worried about your spouse you're wor- i mean you're 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 mine now you've opened the door to the enemy and now your mind is running wild about all kinds of stuff and then to you your future looks bleak listen your future is bright the bible says the path of the just shines brighter and brighter come on the blessing of the lord is is to, to the generations. It's not just for us, but it's for our family. It's for our kids. It's for our grandkids that are coming up. Yeah. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let's turn to Second um, Chronicles. We get ready to close. Second Chronicles chapter 20. Praise the Lord. Actually, I'm sorry. Let's go to Philippians 4, 7 first. Let's go there. Philippians 4, 7. Well, I think we were just there with Philippians 4, 6. But uh, 4, 7. 
says, And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. That word guard means to be a watcher. That peace is going to be a watcher over your heart. It's going to be a watcher over your mind. It's like it's to protect like a military guard. And um, it's specifically referred to soldiers whose mission was to stand guard at the gate of the city to decide who was permitted inside. See, when you stay in peace, that peace of God will stand guard over your life. And it won't permit the wrong things in. It won't permit the wrong things in. That peace um, stands like a guard at the entrance to your heart, to your affections, and to your thoughts. And if we allow peace to work, it'll say yes to the right thoughts, to the godly thoughts, to the Bible thoughts, right? And then if anything negative comes, come on, anything that's uh, against the word, it will, the peace of God will act as a block and it'll keep it out, right? Have you ever noticed when a, like a wrong thought comes, sometimes it's just like, oh, I don't receive that, right? But then other times, next thing you know, you, you took it and then... How was I thinking about this for like two hours? Right? So you gotta, you've got to set a guard over your thought life. You've got to be aware of the thoughts you're thinking. Right? And to have that peace, to start practicing. I'm not talking about, you feed on peace scriptures. We're all about feeding on the word in this church. But it's time to move into the doing. Like, okay, we know the word. But are we actually doing that when we go in public? Are we doing that when we get the phone call? Are we doing, are we staying in peace when we get the report, the bad report? Are we staying in peace when we disagree with somebody? Are we staying in peace? It's a place that we ought to abide in. Just like we know, we know that we ought to abide in love. We know that. What about the peace of God? You can't, you can't stay in the love of God and get out of peace all the time. You can't. And that's why you don't have the harvest that we're supposed to have, some of us, but we're moving into, because now we know, you know, I need to, I need to, I mean, how many of you, you know, you don't have to raise your hand, but you're like, yeah, pastor, I think I need to really practice this staying in peace, responding in peace when I'm out in public, responding. How about when you're at home? Responding in peace to people. That's love. If you're not responding in peace with your, with your family members, you're out of love. Now kids don't think, well, my mom yelled at me. She told me I needed it. Well, hey, listen, your mom can, she can do that if she wants. She's your mom. <laughs> Say, hey, get that together, right? That's their, that's their job. They're the overseers, right? But we need to really guard our peace and stay in peace and respond in peace and move from the knowing about it to the actual doing of it. Okay, let's close with this scripture. Um, go back to 2 Chronicles 20. So we're talking about staying in peace, refusing worry. When worried thoughts come, we say, nope, I'm not going to worry about that. Yeah. And the Bible says in 1 Peter 5, 7, cast your cares on the Lord, for he cares for you. You all know that. You all know that scripture. You know that when the thoughts come. Now listen, if you're dealing with the same thing over and over and over again about a family member, maybe you need to get your, you need to have a point of reference Write it down in your journal. This day, I cast the care of whatever it is on the Lord. I am giving this completely into his hands. The Bible says, you know, come to him with all supplication. What are your thoughts about that? Write them all down. Every worry, every concern that you have. Well, I don't want this. And then there's this and this. Tell the Lord. Oftentimes we go and tell our friends. We tell our family members, we talk about all the problems instead of, oh, I need to talk to the Lord about it. Yeah. And maybe if it's an ongoing thing that you've been dealing with and a case of worry, have a point of reference. I remember uh, hearing the story of Brother Copeland and Gloria Copeland when they were believing God for, I think it was their son. And they went up into the mountains. They got their Bible. They got their scriptures. And they just started writing everything down. 
and 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 I don't know if they said from this day forward but to me that was like that was a point of reference for them because when you hear them minister they always go back to this time we went up to the mountains or we got together on the bed and they took their Bibles they took their scriptures and they started writing all the things down what were they doing they're getting their foundation when the enemy comes we've got our scriptures and from here on out we're not going to worry about this anymore He's in God's hands. Lord, we give him to you. Now you take care of him. And we, we're not saying, oh, I'm done. No, we're saying, I cast the care on the Lord, but I'm going to stay in my place of faith. I'm going to stay in that position of receiving because I know the word is working. I'm still going to declare the word and I'm going to praise God. Thank you, Father. It's already done. Your power is working. Doesn't matter if it looks worse. Doesn't matter if it looks like the situation's gotten worse and, and the doctor's port has gotten worse and, and that they've regressed. No, I'm standing in faith. I'm standing in faith. And, and if you have to write, make a point of reference, then when the devil comes, you go, nope. December 28th, I wrote it down right here. Too late, Mr. Devil. I already gave it to God. You came to the wrong person. It's already in God's hands. It's not even in my hands. God's taking care of it. Hallelujah. And then you just praise him. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father God. You're taking care of it. I don't even have to worry about it. Amen. Uh, 2 Chronicles 20:15 says, this is when the, the battle, all the armies came against Jehoshaphat, the enemy armies. And the Lord said to him, and I say to you, River Church, do not be afraid or dismayed because of this great multitude. For the battle is not yours, but it's God's. Amen. It's not your battle to take care of your family members and try and figure out how, how they're going to get to where they need to be. That's not your battle. Now, if you have kids in your home, obviously, parents, you're training them up in the way they should go. I don't be like, it's not my battle. You know, they're 10. They could do whatever they want. No, you're training them up. I'm not talking about that. But there are certain things, certain things even um, just with other, you know, friends, loved ones, family members, whoever. This is not my battle. It's God. It's your battle. I gave it. I put it into your hands. And verse 17 says, you will not need to fight in this battle. Position yourselves. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord who is with you. The Amplified says, see the deliverance of the Lord. See the deliverance of the Lord. What is that position? When he, the Lord said, position yourselves, right after that, they got on their knees and they started to worship. And then some of them stood up and started to praise. And they won. The Bible says their enemies were self-slaughtered. When they got in position, they got in that position of worship and praise, and they realized there's nothing we can do about it. This is God's battle to fight. My position is, hallelujah, God, you're fighting this battle. Hallelujah, I've already won. The victory is mine. Hallelujah. Your power's working. I'm praising you. And there's sometimes you just need to worship God. I worship you, Jesus. I worship you, Jesus. I worship you, Jesus. I worship you. I worship you. Oh, I worship you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Oh, I worship you. I magnify you. Jesus, you're so good. Jesus, I love you. I worship you. You just focus on him. I worship you. I worship you. I worship you and I love you. I love you, Jesus. You're everything to me. Hallelujah. Oh, I worship you. I worship you. I worship you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Open up your mouth and just worship him. I worship you. I worship you, Jesus. Oh, we take our position of faith. We worship you. We know that you're taking care of our family members we worship you you're taking care of our any kind of financial situations we worship you what a mighty god you are you're so big and oftentimes your worship will lead to praise hallelujah you're so big you're so great nothing's too hard for you hallelujah father the battle is yours i position myself i position myself in faith i position myself in praise and worship and i know that the deliverance it comes from you and the enemies will be self-slaughtered and the enemies aren't people the enemies it's the devil it's him trying to blind the minds of our family members it's him trying to bring sickness disease it's him trying to take our our uh, uh, families you know to another place whatever it's him trying to steal from your finances whatever it is those are the enemies they're not people 
And when you praise God and you worship him and you decide, I am done with worry, because it's coming straight from the pit of hell, comes from a place of fear. There's no faith there. And you say, I'm done with worry. This year, as we go into 2023, no more worrying about our family members. You know, I'm reminded of what Brother Copeland said. He went to his board meeting. He thought they were all behind. He goes to the board meeting, follows board members. He finds out his department that he was over was the only one that was behind. Everybody else was fine. And, and he didn't even want to go because he was, you know, he's like, oh, man, we're like, I don't know, there were $6 million or something like that in the hole. And he went and everybody else, their department was fine. And the Lord said, you know what, your department's behind? Because you were worried about it. You were worried about it. What happened? The worry kept the power of God from flowing. Are you worried about a family member? Worried about that one person? Everybody else doing fine, but that one person? Maybe because you're worried about them. Power of God's not flowing. You're not getting the harvest that you want. Amen. Come on. Worried about money? Everything's fine, but when it comes to money, well, get your mind off of the money. Get your mind on Jesus, the source of everything that you need. Amen. You're, you're abundantly supplied. You have a full supply. Amen. Blessing of the Lord makes you rich. Come on. Amen. And praise him. Use the scriptures to pray. I thank you, Father. You said the blessing of the Lord makes me rich and adds no sorrow. I thank you, Father. You said I'm the head and not the tail, above only and not beneath. Hallelujah. I thank you, Father. You said the, the faithful will abound with blessings and I'm faithful. Thank you, Father. You're my source. You're my supply. I'm not going to let my eyes go to the storm. No more looking at the storm, River Church. We're looking at what did Jesus say? What does his word say? And then, man, you start praising God. I'm telling you, that enemy will self-slaughter itself. It'll be self-slaughtered. Just hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Your power's working. Just like you got us into this building, you got another place for us, our very own place. Ha, ha, ha. Where the power of God is flowing, where the will of God comes to pass, the plan of God comes to pass in my life. I thank you, Father. Hallelujah. That your power is working. Praise you, Father. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, if you just praise him, ha, ha, ha. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Meeting every need. Meeting every desire of our hearts. This is our year. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise you, Father. We thank you, Father, in advance. In advance. Hallelujah. In advance. It's to your advantage to praise Him. It's to your advantage. They praised Him loudly. I mean, how would you act right now if you already had it? Hallelujah. How would you act right now? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Ha ha. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise you. If you already had your Boaz, come on. If you already had, you'd be running around. <laughs> Glory to God. Hallelujah. If you already had that car you're believing God for. If you already had every debt paid off, come on. If you already had that, you saw the healing. You saw the healing take place. You saw the deliverance take place. How would you act? Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise you, Father. Yeah, if you, if you already had that business. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for that thing. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> praise you. Praise you. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Woo! Glory. Glory to God. Hallelujah. 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 Debt free. Hallelujah. Every need met. Ha ha ha. Ha 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 ha. Ha 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 ha. Woo! Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Woo! You see yourself. You see yourself with it now. You see yourself with it now. Hallelujah. Faith is now. Faith is now. Well, then you better start getting ready. Then you better start getting ready. Start getting all your bridal shower ideas ready. Start getting all your wedding. Well, I already have it. Well, you may need to update it. I don't know. Start getting it all ready. You know, put your face on a wedding dress. Paste it there. You got to get ready. Where, where's your venue going to be? I don't know. Better start looking. Got to book those a year in advance. And I'm not telling you to book it, but, but you got to get ready. You got to get ready for those things. You want a car? What car you want? Have you gone and looked at one? Take, your, take a picture of yourself in one, Anthony? Yeah. Say, Mom, I need to go look at a car. Now I'm going to stand by this car. Take a picture of me in it. And then you put that picture up. You get that vision in front of you. Say, thank you. And every time you walk by, thank you, Jesus, for my car. Hallelujah. Whatever you're believing God for. You put a picture up. Get a vision of it for your life. Amen. Hallelujah. With God's peace, there is nothing missing. Listen to that. That peace, that word peace, means nothing is missing in your life. Not one thing is missing. In your body, in your finances, in your, in your relationships, there's nothing missing and nothing broken. It means there's wholeness. There's wholeness. Hallelujah. That's the peace of God. When you stay in his peace, you have access to the nothing missing, nothing broken in my life because I'm staying in the peace of God. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, we love you, River Church. Make sure you're here on Sunday, January 1st. I know you may stay up late. It's okay if you come in with your hair a little ruffled. But come anyway. We'll see you Sunday. Amen. We love you. Amen.